Rikana Zigrede, Riagado Sapa, Iraganema, Nashatarema, Naboria, Ganabali, Seredediga, Remenopia, Legaramanosa, Remenure, Cande Shata, Eremine Caduce, Rekediga, Emapia Lopiada, Sopara, Tegaladiga. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are still praying. Just so we understand the significance of this prayer before we go into the world now. I am not asking you to ask God to send peace. I will together now. We are not asking God to come and bring peace. I will together now. I will together now. The person you received, that is the Lord Jesus that you received, is called the Prince of Peace. You cannot receive the Prince of Peace and not have peace. It is impossible. And the Bible, it is there in the Bible. Peace is a fruit of your spirit. And so it means you have it. And so I'm asking you to take from what you have. I will together now. And give not us to other people, but give to specific areas of your life. I will together now. There's some, 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 there's some people, their works have not experienced peace in a long while. They have started something for some time and it has not bring forth fruit. And every day they've had to, I mean, every day they've had, they've had to have, make expenses almost every day. They've had to spend on the project every day. It does not bring for food. There's no peace there. For some people, there is no peace in their relationships. There's no peace in marriage. I want to get it now. I am telling you that from inside of you, not from heaven, can you begin to deliberately give peace to those areas now? I'll give you one more minute. Deliberately. Can you go ahead now? Deliberately. Call, I give you peace. The school of prosperity and influence, I give you peace. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus. Mighty name, we're still praying. Praise the Lord. Before we go into the world, can we just take this confession together? I am born of God. I am born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. The word of God can't be broken. I can't be broken. Neither can any area of my life. The word of God can't fail. I can't fail. Neither can the word of God in my mouth. I am a child of love. Greater is love in me than the selfishness that is in the world. Nations are coming to my rising. Can you take that again? Nations are coming to my rising. Even as I dwell in love, this is my testimony. This is my experience in the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for today. We thank you. We bless your holy name. Spirit of the living God, we hand over this meeting to your hands. Speak to us tonight in the name of Jesus. By yourself, teach us tonight. In the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Now, John chapter 13, from verse 34 to 35. If you have seen the scripture, please post it on the group. John chapter 13, from verse 34 to 35. Now, tonight we have gathered, it is the season of love. Glory be to God. It is the season of love and uh this season just seems to fast forward a series that we have planned uh, for some times in March. You know, it was last year that uh, while I was planning, I mean, while we were, not just myself, while myself and the members, some key members, were planning for the year 2024, you know, that God began to speak to us about the messages that we'll be having. It was when we received... Uh, the mandate to take again the mystery of righteousness. Now, if you have not listened to the mystery of righteousness, you are missing a lot. I would advise you 
So go up in the group or find it on my podcast, Learn and Grow with Adekunio Lambi One. If you're listening elsewhere, but you can find it right here in this group. Just go, I just go scroll up. You find it among the pin messages. Okay. And also around that time that we received the mandate to talk about giving. Hallelujah. Our conventional understanding of giving is warped. Hallelujah. Our conventional understanding of giving is warped. Even though giving is a basic um, trait here, even in the school of prosperity and influence. So if God is saying, talk about it again, let our people, let, let my people know again, then there must be a reason. I want to get it now. Now, John chapter 13, Jesus made a very important statement there from verse 34 to 35. Now, Jesus was speaking to the disciples and he said, a new commandment I write unto you. A new commandment I give unto you. That you love one another as I have loved you. I will together now. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. He now said, verse 35 now. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. How? If you have love one to another. Now, he didn't say... All men shall know that you are my disciples when you begin to dress in a particular way. You know, one of the key principles that we missed in the body of Christ is love. And we have replaced, let, let me say this now, we do not, sometimes we cannot tell the difference between the principles of God and the doctrines of men that are derived out of the understanding of these principles. Let me repeat, one of the major mistakes that we have made is that we do not understand the difference between the principles of God and one of the, and the doctrines of men that are derived from the basis of our understanding of these principles. So what this means is that the understanding of the principles may be incorrect. Are we together now? The understanding we have of the principles can be can be inaccurate, can be imperfect, and hallelujah, it can lead to doctrines that are not exactly edifying. Now, these doctrines may work for a while, but they are not the standard operating procedure. So, the truth is this, the truth is this, that principles will remain forever, but doctrines will expire. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm saying this upfront now so that we can understand. Principles will remain forever. The principles of God remain the same. That's what the Bible says that God does not change. It remains the same. His principles remain. But the doctrines will change. I want to go now. The doctrines will change. So, the doctrines that the men have, let me put it this way. So the doctrines of men, you notice I'm calling it the doctrines of men because rarely will you find the doctrines of God. What you will find is the principles of God or how the Bible calls it, the ways of God. Rarely will you find the doctrines of God because doctrines are born out of understanding. Now, understanding is influenced by one major thing, culture of the day. I want to go there now. So our whether we like it or not, our understanding of the scriptures today is largely influenced by the culture of today. So unless we allow the spirit of the living God to reveal scriptures to us, you, you will be shocked that we will be interpreting scriptures with culture. And this will lead us into error. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So one of the most misinterpreted words in the Bible is the word love, as Jesus introduced it. 
Praise the Lord. Now, love, as Jesus introduces, is a very different ball game to what we understand. Listen to that statement again. I was hoping someone would post it on the group. Still not saying it now. But it's fine. It says, a new commandment I give unto you. Now, listen to this. Why would he give them a new commandment? What was the essence of a new commandment? Was he not aware that there were commandments that had been released to them and they couldn't live by these commandments? They had already received the commandments in the past, but they couldn't live by these commandments. And then Jesus is saying, a new commandment I write unto you. And I said that you love one another even as I have loved you. And I said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So the, uh, the emblem, hallelujah now, the emblem of a believer in Christ, okay, is love. Hallelujah. It is not power. It is not drama. I'm being honest with you. It is not drama. It is not fire. It is not it is not even knowledge now. It is not tongues. It is not interpretation of tongues. It is not manifestation of the, I mean, it is not the manifestation of the spirit, but love. He said it himself. All men shall know that you are my disciples if you love one another. All men shall know that you are my disciples. That is, you are the people that I have trained and are following in my footsteps. If you love one another. So why is loving one another a very important emblem? Now, the reason is simple. John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, the Bible says that God loved the world and he gave I want to get it now. Most of the time, we think that it was God, only God, that gave. I want to get it now. Most of the time, we think it is only God that gave. It was not only God. Brethren, I want to get it. Even the Lord Jesus gave. He gave. He said, Behold, I lay down my life. I'm looking for that scripture. Behold, I lay down my life. He said, By myself, I lay it down. Okay? He said, No man, take it, take it away from me. I have the power to give it, and I have the power to refuse to give it. But he said, I gave it. Somebody said, I gave it. So it wasn't just about God giving. Even the Lord Jesus gave. So he's saying, because I gave my life, if you can follow in the same example, I want to go to now. If you can follow in the same example, you are going to be my disciples. Your, I'm looking for a witness to put it now. So your emblem of being a true believer is that you are able to love as he loved. But we can't love as he loved if we still interpret that love, I would together now, with our culture. We have said this before in the mystery of righteousness. I just want to gloss over them quickly. That there are two kinds of love. Hallelujah. We have said there are two kinds of love. Phileo, that is the natural human love. The kind of love that all men knew before the Lord Jesus came. In fact, the word agapa was not very much used. Yes, sir. Was not very much used in the whole testament. In fact, was scarcely, in fact, it, it almost didn't exist in the Greek literature. Until Jesus came. 
So most likely, Jesus coined the word agapa. Most likely, agapa is not the language of men. Are we together now? Most likely. But that's not where we're going. So when the Lord Jesus said love, we, needed to, we need to ask him, sir, what do you mean when you say love? You know, I was, I was listening to an English teacher teach some time ago. I mean, that was about four days ago or five days ago now. He said, <laughs> he said, love is a noun. And I smiled. He said, love is a noun. And I smiled. I, 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 there's no point hanging with him. You know? It's teaching. In English, love is a noun. But that is English. That is not spirit language. That is English. That's no revelation. So in English, love is a noun. But in the revelation, love is a verb. Are we together now? So if we must understand, if we must love as Jesus loved, then we must um, have an understanding of the kind of love he was talking about. Now, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 11. We're reading down to verse 16. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 11. We're reading down to verse 16. Thank you, Father. Good. It said, Beloved, we love because God if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Now, what is the evidence of God's love to us? He gave. Hallelujah. The evidence of God's love to us is that he gave. Can we hear me clearly, brethren? Please, if you can hear me clearly, I need to respond, I need to respond now. Praise the Lord. Okay. Beloved, if God so loved us, I'm reading from 1 John chapter 4 and verse 11 now. He said, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. So if we love one another, God dwells in us. If we love one another, God dwells in us. There must be something about this love that makes God dwell in us when we live in it. Definitely this love cannot be an affection. Cannot be a display of emotion. Praise God. It's not cannot be. This love is not the, this natural display of emotion. It's not the affection that we have. We've said this before, I think about two weeks or three weeks ago, that the natural human love has selfishness behind it. The basis of the natural human love is even selfishness. The basis. Like basically, you love other people because of what they can give you. You love your parents because of what they have given you. I want to go to now. You love your partner because of what they have given you or what they are still going to give you. I'm being honest with you. It is based on selfishness. So the reason the love in the world does not last long, I mean, cannot endure so much trials, is because it's based on selfishness. So the moment the person is not fulfilling the demands and the expectations that you have, are we together now? The love begins to win. But there's something about this one love. When you dwell in it, God begins to dwell in you. And it says, and his love is perfected in us. And now, what is God's love to us? There is a, this is the language that shocked me when I hear it. Especially, this came scripture, 1 John 4, 17. It says, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, don't forget. Let's look at 1 John 4, 12. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, 
God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Now, what is the love of God to us? Christ. For God so loved the world that he what? That he gave his only begotten son. So the love of God to us, what the Bible calls uh, is love there in 1st John 4 verse 12b, is love that is perfected in us. Is saying that you are going to come to the fullness of Christ as you dwell in love. The same thing Jesus is saying when he said the new commandment I give unto you. You are going to come to perfection in Christ as you dwell in love. Hallelujah. Now says, hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. We know. So this is it. So you are, you are capable of dwelling in love because he has given you his spirit. Verse 14. He now says, and we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Hallelujah. We have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him. Hallelujah. This is going to this is help, trying to help us identify. Now, this is it. So you may not have the full assurance that you have a spirit in you. Because, well, since you've been born again, you've not had a spectacular experience. You know, being born again does not always require a spectacular experience. Being born again is entirely spiritual and does not have to be dramatic. Okay, so you can be born again without a spectacular experience. Well, praise be to God if you do have a spectacular experience, but a lack of drama does not reduce the authenticity of your being born again. I want to get it now. What produces the power of God for salvation is the word, is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, not the drama. I want to get it now. So if that is clear, now say, so if you, in case you are not sure that a spirit is in you, now hear this, anyone that confesses that Jesus is the son of God, hear this, God dwells in him. The first time I was to have an experience with this scripture, it will, that it will come to life, you know, I mean, that I actually experienced what the scripture was saying, was a bit shocking. It was a bit shocking. Now, if I ask you to say Jesus is God, I mean, Jesus is Lord, you would say it easily, right? Wouldn't you? Yes, you would say it easily because you're saying it from the point of your understanding. Now, if you must say Jesus is Lord from your spirit, then we will know if you're a child of God or not. Are <laughs> we together now? I mean, I mean, honest with you now. If you were to say Jesus is Lord, practically, and that if that will be coming from your spirit, we would know if you are a child of God or not. Because I have seen someone stand in front of me and found it difficult to say Jesus is Lord for over 20 minutes. No, she does not have a problem talking. She does not have an issue with her truth. She does not have any problem at all. She was communicating well before the time. We were in the middle of a prayer meeting and the person happened to be a Muslim and she decided to join us. To the glory of God, she's, she's a child of God now. In fact, baptized. And filled with the spirit now but that, that day i was shocked she couldn't say jesus is lord now i understood what the bible said when it says whoever shall confess that jesus is the son of god don't dwell in him so anyone that confesses that jesus is the son of god from a spirit god dwells in him so if it is that you confess that jesus is the son of god okay when you were to receive the lord jesus Okay, you actually, you didn't just confess sin, you also confess that Jesus is the Son of God and is your personal Lord and Savior. God dwells in you. you know, the, the only spiritual apostle, John, is helping us understand who is qualified to live in love. Because when we break down the requirements of love and what it means, it might sometimes appear too difficult to handle. I want to go there now. It says, that person is dwelling in God and God in him. Now, verse 16. First John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. Somebody say God is love. Somebody say God is love again. I, I, want, to, I, want, to, I want you to make it louder. Say God is love again. 
and he that dwells in love dwells in God. So it means that love is a place. He that dwells in love dwells in God. So what this means is that love is a place. Hallelujah. Love is a place. It's a place that you can dwell in. Are we together now? Now, if this place is the same love that we're talking about, if this place, love, is the same love that the Bible is talking about in John chapter 3 and verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If this same love, that the product of it was Christ, is the same dwelling place that the Father is talking about here, then it means that Christ is the love. And we already know, Bible says, if any man be in Christ, Jesus, Romans 5.17, I mean, 2 Corinthians 5.17, we're familiar with that scripture. If any man be in Christ Jesus, is a new creature. If any man be in Christ Jesus, another emphasis, if any man be in Christ Jesus, if any man be in Christ Jesus, so it means Christ Jesus is a place that you can be in. Now, the Lord Jesus speaking himself in John chapter 15, he said, uh, do I, be, I mean, let's read the scripture, John chapter 15 verse 7. I want to use these exact words. I don't want to just quote it verbatim. I mean, I want to use these exact words. John chapter 15 and verse 7. I'm trying to show us that love is a place. It's not just a verb, it is a place. Now, Jesus said, if you abide in me, so you can abide in me because I am a place. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. Now, look at this. If you abide in me, who's talking here? The Lord Jesus. Who is the Lord Jesus? The love of God to us. So Jesus is saying, if you manage to abide in love and my words, somebody say my words, my words, that is the words of the Lord Jesus abides in you, then that is when you can ask what you will and it shall be what done for you. So anything that you do from the place of love, anything that you demand from the place of love shall be granted. Hallelujah. So this is a solution to unanswered prayers. Anything that you demand from the place of love shall be granted. This is what Jesus said. And I'm sure that my elder brother, the Lord Jesus, can lie. He can't lie. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, that is the criteria. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done. So if you have been asking for what you will for some time now and it hasn't been done, then the first question you need to ask yourself is not whether God exists or whether God still answers prayers or whether you have sinned. No, the first question you should be asking is, am I dwelling in love? Hallelujah. That's the first question you should be asking. Am I dwelling in love? We've said love, we've called love two things now. We've said that love is a verb. We'll look at it much later. And we've also said love is a what? Place. It's a place. So the word agapa that the Lord Jesus used, okay, does not mean affection. It means a verb. I mean, it can mean a verb. And then it means a place you can dwell in. I want to go to now. Let's read another scriptures. First Corinthians 13. Now, I love this part of the Bible. I mean, this entire chapter of the Bible. I love it so much. I, I mean, I love it so much. We're reading the entire chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, from verse 1 to 13. Now, Apostle Paul spent, I mean, let's, let's say this way. The Holy Spirit Apostle Paul spent a whole uh, chapter, that is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talking about spiritual gift. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, he said, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brother, I would not have you ignorant. So he spoke about spiritual 
gift extensive chapter 12 the entire chapter and after talking a lot about spiritual gift in verse 31 he said something that is crucial so we'll take verse 31 of first corinthians chapter 12 first and then we'll go to first corinthians chapter 13. i want to go now now from verse 31 he said after talking about all of the gifts you know said but covet earnestly the best gifts. We have defined what the best gift is in this ministry. You can refer to our previous messages on that. Now I said, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet, now listen to this. Somebody say, and yet. I said, and he said, and yet. That is, after all I've said, yet there is a more excellent way. Hallelujah. That you can cover the see, it is okay for you to cover the gifts. It is a good thing to have the gift of the spirit in operation in your life. But let me show you a more what excellent way. So if you don't have the gift, do not worry. This is more important. I want to go to brethren. Like if the gifts are not in manifestation in your life, do not worry. Okay, they would come. But let me first show you the more uh, what excellent way and then after showing after saying let me show you the excellent way now said though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels somebody said the tongues of men and of angels now if you hear some the tongues of some people wow they can they are so deep i would go now let them finish praying in the spirit they are the worst kind of people you will ever meet now I'm not the one that wrote the Bible. I'm sure the Bible was written before I was born. Now listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to Apostle Paul. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. Now listen to this. Charity is the closest English word to the word love as the Lord Jesus used it. Charity is the closest English word to agape. Closest, closest. That is the closest. There is no English. There is no direct English translation for agapa. But due to tetragrammation and all that, then so we came about charity. Charity, not philanthropy. Charity, not philanthropy. Charity. There's a big difference. I want to go now. And there's another close word to charity, and that is sharing. I want to go And there's another close word to sharing. And that is giving. So we can say charity, sharing, or giving, or love. is the same thing. Charity, sharing, giving, love. is the same thing. And that is why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. So giving is a form of love. Are we together now? Giving is love in practice. Praise the Lord. Giving is what? love in practice so when you give you're practicing love now giving is not isn't the entirety of love but giving is love in practice that's what the bible says for god so loved the world and he gave now the emphasis of this teaching is on giving but we're not going to talk about giving that much tonight we'll leave that to next week by the grace of god because this series is a two week or three week series all right now it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, he said, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. What do a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal do? They make noise. They don't just make noise, they make unpleasant noise. So your shouting in tongues, okay, your praying in tongues is noise if you are not dwelling in love. Now it says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, I mean, understand all mysteries and have all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, he said, I am nothing. Why? Why is, praise God, why is all this manifestations, I mean, have you thought about it? How can all these manifestations be there? How can all of these gifts be there? Apostle Paul is saying, even though I have all of these gifts and charity is missing, he said, I am still nothing. 
Why? Because charity is the only proof of the nature of God as revealed to us. Shall I repeat that? Charity is the only proof of the nature of God as revealed to us. Now, God didn't reveal himself to us through the Lord Jesus as a God of signs and wonders. He revealed himself as a God of signs and wonders to the people of Israel. I want to get it now. He introduced himself to us as a father. There's a difference, a big difference. So the Israelites and people in the Old Testament may refer to God as the Lord Almighty. They may refer to him as El Shaddai. They may refer to him as El Elyon. They may refer to him as any other names that they have experienced him by. But the mandate upon which we receive, I mean the Lord Jesus, the mandate upon which we have access to him is through fatherhood. Are we together now? And he is saying, as far as I'm concerned to you, you must know that I am love. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, as far as you should be concerned. I am love. This is my nature to you. So, you can have all the noise. If the nature of God isn't there, God isn't there. I remember, I mean, when I was little, I read the story in the Bible about a particular prophet, I believe Elijah, that wanted to talk to God. And then, you know, there was thunder, thunder went forth, and then there was fire, and then there was earthquake, and then there was a noise of noise. And the Bible says God was not in any of this. So there can be signs. Listen to this. There can be signs. There can be wonders. There can be manifestations. There can be miracles, and God is not in it. There can be noise, there can be drama, there can be fallings, there can be shoutings, and God is knowing it. I want to go to now. He said, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have no charity, he says, it profits me nothing. He said, charity suffers long and is kind, charity envies not, charity brags not itself, is not pop stop, does not behave itself unseemly. Listen to this. Does not behave itself unseemly. Apostle Paul is trying to help us understand how charity behaves. I've told us that giving is a form of charity, not the entirety of charity. Please, you must understand that charity here is not charity in English. I will take it now. So giving is, okay, let's, okay, instead of using charity, let's continue using the word agapa, if that will help us. So, giving is a form of agapa. It's a charity suffers long. So one of the products of agapa is endurance. I want to go to now. One of the products of agapa is kindness. Now look at this. So you must be wondering, how is kindness still a manifestation of love? Because Listen to this. There are only some set of people you can love. You can't love everybody. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. We should have asked him that who is my neighbor? Hallelujah. If Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, then I should ask myself, who is my neighbor? Now, the reason you are called a neighbor, your neighbor is a fellow partaker of the kingdom of God. That is your neighbor. Not your next door neighbor. Not your next street neighbor. Your neighbor is a fellow partaker of the kingdom of God. The people we call brethren. Now, these are the only kind of people that you can love in reality. All other kinds of people, you can't love them. They are not capable of receiving your love, but they can receive your kindness. And this is why the Bible says, charity suffers long and is kind. Now, kindness is... Jesus is Lord. Kindness can be very serious because kindness means being nice to people that were wicked to you. I mean, being nice even if you know that the people will be wicked to you. That's kindness. Now look at this. It's a charity that is agapa, envious, no, does not envy. Agapa does not brag itself, does not behave itself unseemly, seeks not our own. That is not selfish is not easily provoked and does not think any evil. He says he rejoices not in equity, 
iniquity rather, but rejoices in the truth. He says he bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Hallelujah. Bears all things, believes all things. That is, when the Bible says believes all things, please do not take it as believing everything. No. It means tries everything with the word of God. That's what it means by believes all things. I will look at it now. Hopes all things, endures all things. I will look at it now. It says charity never fails. Charity never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall fail. Whether there be knowledge, they shall fail. Because we know in part and prophesy in part. But then that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. He said, when I was a child, verse 11, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I taught as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Hallelujah. For now we see through a dark glass, darkly. But then face to face. Now I know in part. But then I shall know, even as also I am known. This, script, this particular verse took me a long time to understand. And even now, the Holy Spirit is just explaining to me. He said, now we see through it. So it does not matter all of the mysteries and the knowledge and the understanding of the Bible that you are carrying. You are still seeing through a glass darkly. You can't see your... You can't see your... <laughs> so because you can't see all, be humble. It does not matter all of the tongues that you have and the messages you have that you don't have it all. So be humble. It says, then when love is perfected face to face, it says, now I know in part, but then when that which is perfect is, is come down, it said, then I shall know even as also I am known. So the evidence, I would get it now. The evidence that I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus is that I have love. So when love is perfected in my life, then I will know all in perfection. I will understand that all things come from the position of love from God, as far as God is concerned for this dispensation. And all men shall know that I'm a child of love. That's what it means. That then I shall know even as also I am known. Verse 13, emphasis, it says, and now stays faith, hope, and love. These three, regardless of everything else, everything else will pass, except these three things. Faith, assurance, and love. He said, but the greatest of these three is charity. Now, what is the important relationship between faith, hope, and love that makes it so that the only these three will remain? Hallelujah. As I was saying earlier, that we must understand certain things. Let me repeat this for the sake of people just coming in. One, that love is a verb, not a noun. A verb means an action word, right? In English, a verb is an action word. And then two, according to the scriptures as we have read earlier, love is a place that you can dwell in. Three, that love is a way of living. As we have just read in First uh, Corinthians chapter 13 now. It has it described a way of living for us. So love is a way of living. So if love is a way of living, I will take it now. If love is a way of living, and the Bible has already said that the just shall live by his faith. Look at this. Love is a way of living, okay? The means by which we live in that way of living is faith. I would go now. First John chapter, I mean, that's the first John. Romans chapter 1 from verse 16 and 17. Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. I would go now. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by his faith. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. Now the just shall live by his faith. But if any man draws back, my soul will have no player in it. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, if love is a way of living and faith is the ingredient you need to live, 
then you must see that the connection between them is so powerful. I was going to now. So, living in love is faith in action. I was going to Living in love or say practicing love is faith in action. I would do it now. Practicing love, I repeat this again, that practicing love is faith in action. And so since faith in is in action, there is assurance. This is what Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 5 was saying. That we rejoice in hope of the glory of God, but it says not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Why do we glory in tribulations? Knowing that because we know that tribulations work at experience, and experience hope, I mean experience patience, and patience hope, yeah. And then it says, hope maketh not ashamed because of love. Because love, I would say that because we live, love is the way that we are living our lives, okay? It does not matter what happens to us. We know that God loves us and we are living by his love. It does not matter what is happening now. We can see beyond Love transcends, I want to get it now. Love, love refines a man to see beyond the current realities that surrounds him. Love transcends a man. It, it refines the man. It helps you to see. So men, I'm being honest with you. So many times we can't see spiritually because we are, we are trying to see from the place of selfishness. It's a way of living. If God told, God made it clear to the Israelites. God made it clear to Israel in Isaiah chapter 58. Time will not allow us to read that scripture. Isaiah chapter 58 from verse 1 to 10. You can, you can look through that scripture in your study time. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 1 to 10. God addressed the issue of fasting with Israel. Now, the people of Israel loved fasting. They didn't just love fasting. It's not like nobody likes not eating anyway. But they, they fasted to seek the face of God. They fasted to repent. They fasted to approach God for things. And God told them point blank that I didn't choose this kind of fasting for you. That if you guys really wanted to uh, please me, then you should live in love. Now, it didn't say plain out there, but if you read the entire chapter, you realize that God was describing love for them the same way it was described in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 13. I mean, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, rather. The same way, the same description of love in that scripture is the same description of love God gave unto the Israelites. But they didn't get it. They couldn't get it. They couldn't get it because they are incapable of love. I was going to now. Now, lenders. We're well, only up in a few minutes now. Now, lenders. Giving of all kinds. Because our emphasis, the emphasis of this series is on giving. Now, giving of all kinds that is acceptable to God is either love, faith, or both of them in action. All giving of all kinds that is acceptable to God is either done out of love or out of faith or out of love and faith. Now, this is what I mean. When you give out of love, that is, you are practicing love, you give unto other people, okay, that is, that is you just practicing love, all right? You see someone that is in need and you give unto them, that is you practicing love. I want to get it now. That is you practicing love. But you can give out of faith. For example, when you give your seed of faith, your seeds of faith, such as tithes. Now, you're not giving that out of love. You're giving your tithes out of faith. You're giving because it is one of the principles of God that is used to bless men. So you're giving because you believe that you are sowing towards an harvest with your tithes. You know, many people do not understand that their tithes are not just the allot thing. It's not just the allot thing, but also a seed of faith. We're going to be talking about this in this series. Your tithes are also seeds of faith. 
So when you give your tithe, or you give for special projects, or you give for certain things in the body of Christ, you may not be giving out of love. You are giving because you are compelled by God's word to give. And anything that is done according to God's word now is of faith. Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if you are giving because the word of God commands you to give, that is faith. I would get it now. Or it could be because you are practicing both, love and faith. Now, why is giving important? First John chapter 3, understand. We'll just two more scriptures and then we'll close, it, we'll close the meeting on, the, on that note. First John chapter 3, understand. Thank you, Father. First John chapter 3 and verse 10. Now let's read the scripture carefully. It said, In this, somebody saying this, in this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. In this, like this is the test of the children of God. Now, I am presenting this test to you according to the word of God. Do the test yourself. This is the test according to God's word. Now, do the test and see. He said, if indeed the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil, he said, whoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loves not his brother. Let me repeat that. Whoever does not righteousness is not of god neither he that loves not his brother verse 11 for this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another so anyone that does not love his brother is not a child of god i mean that's what the bible says how can you say that god is dwelling in you when you do not love the brethren and how can you love? Okay, we have answered the question. Who is the brethren? A fellow partaker of the kingdom of God. That is a fellow, a fellow believer in Christ Jesus, regardless of their denomination. Because we know, as believers in Christ, now at least you must have the understanding that the doctrines do not separate us. The doctrines are not meant to divide us. The doctrines are just the understanding of the principles of men. I mean, of the principles of God. The understanding that these men, the set men of these ministries have from the principles of God. It's all right. Love bears all things. So we do not, because of doctrines, refuse to relate with one another. We do not, because of doctrines, begin to judge one another. There is so much divisions in the church because of this need to prove that our doctrine is better than yours. All of you know in part. Are we together now? So much division. Members of one church are claiming that they are that church. They don't know God well. And they don't know what they are doing. And you know, another church is saying this. Another. There is so much division because we don't want to understand that all of us, we know in parts. Well, some of us, we know better than the others, but then we still know in parts. So if we were really dwelling in love, we would be able to bless one another and edify one another, leaving behind the doctrines of men and focusing on love. Are we together now? We need to understand that love is, I mean, dwelling in love is God's perfect plan of bringing men into his fullness. Let me repeat. Dwelling in love is God's perfect plan of bringing his children into his fullness. So you can't experience the fullness of God without dwelling in love. One of the things I said at the beginning of this series is that God is a master planner. So his perfect plan, his master plan, is that he brings all of you, regardless of your understanding, into his fullness through his love. So he made a single medium available for everybody. Whether you are educated, you are uneducated, it does not matter. Whether your understanding is enlightened or it is darkened, does not matter. Love becomes the medium through which all of you can go in and enter into his fullness. Love. As powerful as knowledge is, knowledge is not the key. It is love. I want to get it now. Verse 13. It says, Marvel not, my brothers, if the word hates you. We know that we have passed 
from death to life. Somebody say we have passed from death to life. So if we have passed from death to life, if we know, for example, if I know that I have passed from death to life, I would never fear death one second in my life. Of course I won't. If I know that I have passed from death to life, I will never fear sicknesses again. Now, if I don't fear death and I don't fear sicknesses, then, uh, well, I'm looking for that thing that's going to scare me. Because the primary fears of men, the primary fears of men would be death, sicknesses, a lack of money. Those three things, basically. Those three things, basically. Death, sicknesses, and a lack of money. A lack of finances. Let's put it that way. Those are the three major fears of men. Oh, let's add a lack of respect. A fear of what people say about me. Probably they don't respect me. So let's add that one. Make it fall. Now, if you if you know if you know that you have passed from death to life, you will no longer fear death. You will no longer fear um, you know, sicknesses. And if you do not fear these two, you become unstoppable. Now, how do we know that we have passed from death to life? Because we love the brothers. The key. So we don't know. We live in fear of death. We live in fear of sicknesses. We live in fear of the uncertainty because love is missing in our lives. I am showing you the importance of love. We live in these fears because love is missing. In fact, he emphasizes again that he that loves not his brother, he stays in death. It's not like you have God has not delivered you. See, God may have delivered you from the power and authority of darkness. Are we together now? It was Jesus that said, if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. Then he said, you will know the truth. Are we together now? So the, the Son may have set you free and you don't know the truth. So if the Son sets you free and you don't know the truth, you remain there. So because you might be wondering how is this possible, it is possible. So God may have delivered you from the power and authority of death and darkness and you still remain there. I want to get a brother. He that loves not his brother stays in death. Verse 15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Verse 17, verse 16 rather, hereby perceive with the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us. Praise the Lord. He laid down his life for us. Now, this is it. God does not have a double standard. Let me repeat that. God does not have a double standard. If he practiced love... And he commanded the Lord Jesus to do the same. And the Lord Jesus practiced love. All offsprings of the Lord Jesus will have to do the same. So God is holding us all to the standard he held himself because we are his sons and we have received of his nature and we have received of his spirit. Are we together now? It does not have it. It's not like God has a standard for angels and then a standard for men. Mm -mm. He does not have double standards, especially when it comes to his principles. This is what the Bible says that, Apostle Peter said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Whoever does righteousness and whatever is acceptable before him is, I mean, is acceptable to him. I will do it now. So God does not have a double standard. If the Lord Jesus laid his life for us, and that is how we knew the love of God, and that is how we are introduced to God. He said, we ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren. There is no double standard. If it will require that you lay down your life for the brethren, you would have to do it. But for you to be able to do, I mean, it is not an easy, you know, I said it earlier, there is not an easy thing. That for you to be able to do this, you must, you must have an understanding that God is not just able to raise you up today. I mean, God is not just able to raise you up on the last day. Is able to raise you up tomorrow or today if you are active in the assignment he has committed into your hands. We have had men die and be raised up. I want to get it now. If the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it can quicken your mortal body. I get it. 
So quicken your mental body means even if your mental body is dead, it can still be raised. I'm trying to help you gain some understanding. I'm not saying everyone that lays down their life for the brethren is going to be raised up. Literally, God is saying, I expect you, if the situation arises, you have to lay down, you have to lay down your life for the brethren. So it's not just about your feed. It's not just about your food. It's not just about your drink. It's not just about your clothes. It is a step, I'll be honest with you, if this is the expectation and the standard of God for us, it is a terrible shame that in the body of Christ, we have some men that because of the kind of people that they have in society and the kind of clothes that they wear, I mean, and the kind of things that they have, we keep them in certain places to sit in certain places because they give the best offerings. And we keep some people, some other people in certain places. So we, in our churches, I'm being honest with you, it should not be so. In our churches, in our churches, we have special seats for the rich, and special seats for the poor. We have inculcated the philosophy and the doctrines of the world into the church. So love is out. We are now we are now surprised. Why is God not answering our prayers? We are now surprised. Why our past? Why are some of our pastors, you know, are running after herbalists? It will happen. Because we have created the division. There should not be. There should not be. So God, I'm being honest with you, for everyone that is under this teaching, God is holding you to a higher standard. Share your belongings. You may not be able to share your life, is all right, but share your belongings. Listen to this. Sharing your belongings is acting out faith. We're going to, see, we're going to talk about this extensively from next week. How sharing is multiplying. Jesus said something in John chapter 10 verse 10. He said, the thief cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he said, I have come that you may have life. Guess what? And that you may have it abundantly. He didn't say then. That is why we did not know. He didn't say then that the way to have the abundance is that you share the life. Sharing is multiplying. Are we together? The system of men saving and you know, saving may increase lead to multiplying. I don't know how that works anyway. Though I'm an economist, but in the system of God, sharing is multiplying. We'll, we'll emphasize on this next week. So sharing is not an opportunity, is not losing. Sharing is an opportunity to prepare for a greater, you know, harvest. The Bible says, whoever ate is more, is, uh, sorry, we're in verse 17. Now says, but whoever has this world's good and sees his brother have need and shut up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwell the love of God in him? I want you to ask yourself, you have seen people that you, genu you genuinely can help. Genuinely. I know you don't have all of the means in the world yet, but genuinely you have identified one or two people that don't have the things that you have and you have abundance of, you can share with them. You can share opportunities. You can share your clothes. I would go to now. Yes, you can share your clothes. You can share your food. You can share your money. But do not live without sharing. Do you want the perfect, I mean, do you want to experience the fullness of God? Practice sharing from today. Hallelujah. Do you want to experience the abundant life? Practice sharing from today. And I'm not saying sharing from the place of strife. I'm saying sharing from the place of faith. Before you gossip, before you abuse anyone that they don't have two clothes, have you tried giving them one? Have you tried buying them one? For many of us, we would rather save for some special things that we want to do and see our people in need and close our eyes to them. You think God is stupid? The Bible says no man, see, it's just very clear. No man can add anything except it be given from above. So if you are, if God gives unto you and you are ordained from the brethren that God is dwelling with, like dwelling in just like you, well, you are, you are telling God where to take it to next time. Learn to share. I was going to now. Learn to share. I'm repeating this so that I can enter into our head. Learn to share. Learn to share. I know it can be tough. I'm being honest with you. And the mind goes into calculation normally. Every time you want to share. Aha. Hey, you want to give these things out. What are you going to be wearing? What are you going to eat? I get it. 
Are we together now? Are we together now? But share as God has commanded. Because sharing is multiplying. And this applies to any spiritual gift that has been manifesting in your life before. Specifically, I'm speaking to some people specifically now. If you've had specific, specific ministry gifts uh, operating in your life before, and for some reason they just stopped operating, it's because you have stopped sharing them. I'm, I'm being honest with you now. I'm being honest with you now. If you have the gift of prophecy, or you used to see visions or dream about people before, and it just stopped. It stopped because you refused to act on what you have been seeing. So God showed you for a reason that you can share and pray with the person or pray for the person. If you had, if you had the gifts of healing manifesting in your life before and you refused to be ministering to the sick people, it will stop, it will just stop flowing. You will find yourself sick one day and you'll not be able to pray for yourself. You'll find your family members sick one day and you'll not be able to pray for, pray for them. The way to continue the experience of God in your life that you're already experiencing is by sharing it. I would go now. Sharing is the system of God for multiplication in the in the land of men. Let me put it that way. So if there's something that you have been doing before and you have stopped, can you go back to it now? Can you go back to it now? Let me give us a minute. Can we just take a minute to tell our father that we're sorry? Every way, you know the ways that you have disobeyed. You know how you have stepped out of love. Because every step out of love is a step into darkness. Can you say, Father, I have found my feet. And I have found that it's in darkness. I want to step back into your light. Forgive me, Father. And strengthen me. Can we begin to pray now?